You fell asleep in my car, I drove the whole time. But that's okay, I'll just avoid the hole so you sleep fine. I'm driving here, I sit, cursing my government for not using my taxes to fill holes with more cement. One more for 2021. Welcome to the WSB Traffic Podcast here on WSBRadio.com. And we are joining you live to tape from the Captain Herb Ballroom here, mid-December 2021. And no, this isn't a year-in-review show. If we come up with some of that, maybe we'll drop a bonus something-something for you at the beginning of next year when you're already thinking about the next year. Yeah, that sounds very timely for us. Doug Fireball Turnbull from the traffic team. And, of course, joined by my man, fresh off a morning flight. Smiling Mark McKay. That's it. I couldn't remember. Good to see you in person. We don't. We're, we're like the president and vice president. We don't ever see each other. <laughs> Very rarely. Can I do, do the Tim Andrews? <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. in the same room, at least. Yeah. Oh, no, we did. We we had a good time at the holiday lunch this it past was. week there, and you had a dapper. What I is the best described as Christmas plaid. Yeah, yeah. Velvet Something that only comes out this time of year. No, it's that. like corduroy, I believe. You are the only person that has seasonal clothing at Christmas. Everybody else wears theirs year-round. At least there's not an ugly sweater. <laughs> that's it true. could be considered yeah. an ugly jacket, though. See, it's not ugly at all. And Thank I think you. that's actually what makes it super original, is that it's a very classy-looking Christmas jacket there. But uh, hey, we're very excited about the holidays here. Neither, Well, I, I'm taking the week off before Christmas and then working Christmas Day. Smiling, you're doubling up. The week of Christmas, working for me. Sorry about that. But oh. and then the next week you get to fill in for Scott Slade. So I'll double up for you yeah. between between Christmas and New Year's essentially, and you get to fill in on the big show. You will be the last Atlanta's Morning News host of 2021. The, mm-hmm. the record books will always say that, sir. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> you know, it, folks who work, um, I don't want to say typical nine to five jobs that don't include weekends and holidays may not understand our business. But if you're if, if you get in this business and you have to understand the business that is 24 seven and staffed and my family does uh, Thanksgiving. And so then then their families all get together at Christmas time. So we've worked it out and we work it out amongst ourselves when it's best to be off. No, it's good. It's a great team. And yeah, again, this it being a 24-7 operation, there's always got to be at least one person in the building. We don't put the full enterprise, so to speak, in automation. No. On Christmas Day, George Clark, the one of the newest members of our traffic team, mm-hmm. and he also helps run the board. You hear his voice sometimes on, on the Von Hessler Doctrine, on the Power Pod, of course. Uh, George Clark is going to be doubling up running the board and the traffic center and is going to be, I guess, probably the only person on the first floor of 1601 West Peachtree. And there might be a person or two up at Channel 2 somewhere. And maybe a news person in there as well once, uh, once we get past yeah. a certain point. Yes. Ultimate utility player, but uh, I think... Von Hessler did say something one time about him being in there at a, maybe Thanksgiving. He goes, oh, well, you're a young guy in the business, so this is what young people in the business do. And that is. I did it, you did it, and uh, yeah. now we get the tappings of being off and being off Christmas or however you... Something like that. I'll be standing in this very spot on Christmas Will Day you? from 9 to 3. What? Wait, what? In this very spot. What, what's going on in this spot? Are you uh, uh, nine to three Christmas Day traffic? Look, see, even the veterans. Yeah, that's it's it's a new era of radio. We got a few less people, few few less heads to tap, and but I'm very grateful to be off the the Monday through Friday prior, and actually really the Saturday through Friday prior of Christmas. That'll give me time. I will feel great. I'll be standing here. Hey, TMI. I'll be standing here in my Coca-Cola polar bear onesie. And you'll be posting on Twitter and uh, your social media. I, I'll be I'll be looking uh, for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, <laughs> you know we and I say we collectively, you and I, and Captain Herb, an extension of that. We seem to be, and I'll take pride whether it's true or not, seem to be the original work from homers before everybody started doing it because of the pandemic. We had our setup already because when the helicopter doesn't fly because of sure. weather. When we can't, when we're fogged out, we either have two other outlets. Well, we have three, really. We've got our vehicles, which are equipped with the uh, communication equipment. We have the radio station, which we can go into, which has the ultimate equi- yeah. communication equipment. Or we have our home setup. And Captain Herb had that set up in uh, Douglas County for many, many, many years and when he couldn't fly. Hey, the Tiny Lund Ballroom. Yeah. His favorite NASCAR driver of all time is Ken to Ken somehow. T- Tiny Lund. Yeah, so that, that's exactly right. And when he was grounded... 
and later in the latter stage of his career, he also didn't fly in the afternoons. He we had others of us that did that in the flying department. But he had everything he needed from cameras to police scanners to the ability to get on the air live very easily. And that some of that has evolved over time as scanners have gone from being I mean I still have some, but the, the desktop pieces to being all digital and available online. The two way radio is something I never even use inside anymore. For some reason here in Chambly the reception's really bad. So I have the same kind of remote equipment that say Eric Erickson uses or we use in our broadcast remotes to get on the air. And then of course smiling, you've got the two way in your condo and we've got access to the technology. All they gotta do is forward the phones to the traffic center and flick on a button and we can get right on the air. So yeah. We're, we're pretty grateful about that. So, yes, while Elon Musk is flying to space and boring tunnels underground and revolutionizing electric vehicle technology, I was working at home before him. Actually, maybe. I never looked that up. And my point about all of that is, <laughs> and people who work from home can understand, there is a sacrifice about working in holidays. But look at, the, look at our uh, first responders who are out there. They're on the right. roads. They're on the streets. The, the you know hero, police, fire. So while we don't compare ourselves to them, at least working from home gives you a sense of being still being around family and still doing the job. And you know it, it makes it a lot easier than it used to be in the old days. Well, it, it certainly does, and we definitely and, and both you and I are fortunate to live very close to Cap Peachtree Airport. And we have to fly and close to the WSB studios in Midtown if we had to drive in and we certainly both have studio time that we do as well so very grateful for that grateful for all of you listening and for helping us keep the lights on at 95.5 WSB and our music stations and channel 2 action news is WSB turns 100 years old in 2022. So that's going to be a big time wow. celebration. Somehow we're going to have to make us not sound uh, like centurion, right? We're going to have to not sound like senior citizens, but still celebrate a literally century-long history of, of serving Atlanta listeners, and we're really excited about it. Speaking of serving people, before we get into some of our traffic topics, we want to talk, because it's been uh, almost a month and a half since we last spoke with you, we've got Braves World Series traffic and Smiling Airborne Parade coverage traffic to cover. Ooh. Some marquee traffic incidents I I've gotten to fly over some uh, changes in how we things have looked at PM Drive after the time change, and also just how Cheshire Bridges closure is affecting some places close to Smilin's heart, especially. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, this has been a charitable year. This is going to really sound like Jay Black's year-end show, right? Okay, <laughs> we love what he's the things he's getting to do now. But uh, I love Jay's year-end show. But uh, WSB has been very charitable this year, and I don't mean we all been digging in our pockets a bit. No, I, I mean that as a station, we put on some programming and help lead some drives that have that have helped a lot of people, and I'm glad we still work at a place that believes in it. So from the beginning of the year, Clark's Habitat Homes, and they always do multiple home builds from Clark Howard, and he has some live broadcasts from those and then things he does behind the scenes. And Clark is his own entity now that is still associated with us, and so he does a lot on his own. Then we have Clark's Christmas Kids at the end of the year. The number I read most recently is over a million and a half dollars raised between cash donations and then the dollar amount spent on toys to get the gifts wish list, wish list of the large majority of Georgia's foster children, over 8,000 covered. So that's over a million and a half. That mm -hmm. is actually more money or comparable money to what we do in the Carathon, which we did back in July. And that was the number smiling. I believe it was 1.29, 1.3 million you yeah, announced. Another, close yeah, another great year where our listeners came through again and kept up, kept up what we thought it was going to be hard to do, match in a pandemic year, being uh, completely virtual but they came through again uh, and and the clark's christmas kids completely virtual like you said the carathon largely a virtual situation yeah. now the call center is a whole different situation the carathon for those that don't know i'm sure you do but it benefits aflac uh, children's cancer and blood disorder centers there for uh, some of our most sensitive patients who need some of the most help and that that was a big success uh, our we didn't we haven't had for the last three years our Captain Herb, Fred's Barbecue, Toys for Tots drive. But what has replaced that in terms of our energy has been the Toys for Tots disc golf tournament, which raised, I, I, be, I believe it was, gosh, 12, remember, about 12000 yeah. or so. That's Yeah, about $12,000. And then A.T. Wilson from Marines Toys for Tots, uh, he has a separate company that helps put on a Toys for Tots golf tournament, like traditional golf. I'm, I'm bad at both. I just want you yeah, to know. But at, that was at Chateau Alain, and Smile and Mark and, and Ashley were up there in the afternoon. I was up there in the morning, and that that tournament raised a boatload of money. I forget the exact number. But what I want to say is with all these put together, oh, one more, the Triple Team Traffic Food Drive, mm -hmm. which had over 3,000 pounds of food donated from listeners on site at a Publix in Alpharetta off of Rucker Road. What a great year. 
So we could sit here and talk about ratings or revenue and stuff that you that would put you to sleep, but you all listening, or you know people that listened and helped donate, and that made this a rousing success. And that doesn't even include Channel 2's Convoy of Care, which is going on right now to help the Kentucky tornado victims, and it was enacted a couple of other times this year. That just brings thousands of pounds of goods to people as well. Well, it just goes to show that we have the best listeners and viewers in the uh, in the country, and the folks that really open their hearts, open their wallets, they do the, they do both. They, their hearts are tugged at by listening to these stories of the Carathon, knowing what Toys for Tots does, all these events that brings people together, and we're all brought together for the for the benefit of raising much needed funds to keep these programs going. It, it doesn't matter which one comes first. Sometimes you just feel guilty and open your wallet, yeah. but then that can tap your heart, and sometimes you hear the story. And that taps your heart, taps your wallet. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter which one comes first. The pro- the thing is, your heart needs to change to think about others, and a lot of you do that. So, big big applause to you, and thank you very much. And and now I want to pivot right into some of our traffic talk here. The first thing that's very macro and smiling. You live in the heart of Buckhead, so I'm sure just st- standing and looking out the window, you could see this after about six six thirty every night when it's been sunset for a few minutes or sunset for an hour. It seems like the brake lights are just brighter, and this is a phenomenon we see every year where it's like when the brake lights are brighter in front of you then you brake earlier and react to that and it causes this chain reaction of delay but then it causes these chain reaction of crashes because at the end of PM drive as traffic lightens up just a little bit the tail of the comet if you will somebody comes barreling into the back of that because they're able to drive 70 miles an hour back at Shallowford Road mm-hmm. on 85 North then they hit the brake light caboose at Shambly Tucker and that often ends with kaboom and it usually happens smile and you may be surprised in the left lanes the fast lanes there you go sarcastically surprised and we have seen this over and over again ever since the time change and I guess it was early November the first weekend of November so that that's been the phenomenon we've seen at PM drive and I just wanted to ask you smiling has there been a mixture of the sunshine plus grogginess and effect in the mornings or is it less pronounced on your shift I'm not sure it's much grogginess we've uh, we've awakened to Monday morning hangover from Sunday night or the weekend. Oh, sure. Terrible, terrible crashes or investigations that uh, when Scott and I, uh, Scott Slade and I communicate with each other back and forth, uh, I said, no, this isn't a terrible Monday morning. This is a holdover from Sunday of, you know, probably folks doing things they shouldn't be uh, doing Sunday night, getting back onto the roads. And uh, just has been uh, some Monday mornings we wake up to uh, unmitigated disasters on the roadways. And uh, But no, it's the, yeah, the sunshine is causing slowdowns, not necessarily any crashes that I'm seeing. The volume is picking up now, even it's inching back to where we used to go. Still, if you can get out the door by 6, you're fine. 6.30, 7 o'clock, we'll start to see the normal push in the areas where we have the pressure points. The West Freeway Pass, Six Flags coming out of Cherokee County at Sixes Road. And certainly Gwinnett County has been filled up across all of those lanes at Pleasant Hill. As we fly north at 6.01 out of uh, DeKalb Peachtree Airport, you're seeing a steady stream of headlights coming our way. So a lot of folks coming out of Gwinnett County. Yeah, there's really, as much as there is the work-from-home effect, whatever the name of that virus is, the work-from-home effect seems to be more pronounced in city, right? I mean, with the streets you're closest to smiling or certainly when you drive through Midtown or so, the, there's still people out crisscrossing about the metro area. And, and it's, it, 2021 saw traffic come back. We even see, looking at our ratings patterns, how certain radio stations that benefited from people listening at work, so to speak, have finally started to raise. Those are the last ones. WSB has been strong a lot of the time. So it's back, but a recent NRIX traffic study that pretty much extrapolated traffic data over the last two months of this year, and I wrote about this recently in my AJC Gridlock Guy column, that uh, that downtown trips are still well down in most metro areas, and most areas, even no no matter where they are in the world or, or U.S. traffic rankings, most areas are still well off of what their 2019 traffic numbers were. The city with the worst traffic in the world, however, is only 1% off hmm. of their 2019 number, and that would be London, England. Oh, wow. Is only 1% off somehow, and I feel like that's a country that's been right in the middle of the road of how seriously they've taken the virus protocols. There have been people that love it, people that don't, whatever. Uh, so, so we still are not sure what the new pattern is or if there ever is a return back to what the old normal was. But there still, nonetheless, is a lot of bad traffic out there. And any change in the environment, whether it's a little bit of rain, a little bit of a different sunset, a little early sunrise, or an early sunset and p.m. drive, 
is enough to throw things all bonkers and add to your trip times. And I would think that folks who ride in on uh, some areas where we pick up crashes in the rain really need to just continue to pay attention. If you're coming in from DeKalb County and you're going inside the perimeter at Candler Road, oh yeah, whenever it rains, <laughs> uh, it used to be 75 at 675. I always say to uh, Ashley... Uh, Veronica and Mike in the morning. All right, here we go. Let's wait for the usual suspects to pop up where we're going to have crashes for whatever reason. Standing water issues, folks not paying attention, folks going too fast uh, for conditions. You know, we're we're seeing, uh, by the way, a sunshine slowdown uh, that's pretty prominent on these beautiful days that we have, and we've had this fall and early winter, is the downtown connector southbound. There is light that goes through, sunshine that goes through the bridges at Cortland. At Cortland, yes. Hits them right in the eyes at William Street. So there is, on on heavy volume days, and this Tuesday that we uh, are recording this, we saw that heading through the city. So you think about that. you got to add extra time to the airport if you're going through, even on a sure. beautiful day, For a because of, of something sunshine. like that. Yeah, where everybody's slowing because it hits them right in the eye. Yeah, and I experienced that a couple of Fridays ago mm. at about 8 a.m. or so. You guys had maybe between 7.30 and 8. I say you guys. I mean, it's our whole traffic yes. team. But you all in the morning shift. You had 285 South completely shut down between Glenwood and I-20 on the on Friday morning. I guess it was like December 3rd, if I'm thinking two weeks ago, right? And I, so I, I had to uh, drop my dog stalls off to his doggy daycare off Covington Highway near 285. And I heard Mike Shields say it, and I got the alert on the Triple T Traffic Alerts app. And immediately, it wasn't completely shut down then. And I started driving. I'm like, you know what? I was like, can I squeak through this or not? Because a couple lanes were open. I was like, no. And I went through downtown. And I'm like, why the heck is it so slow? Is all this traffic already reacting to 285 being shut? It can't be. And it was that sunshine right between the Civic Center, Peachtree Street Bridge, and and Cortland Street, yeah. right there. And I was like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> and I really and I really hope that folks do what you do, being a traffic professional that you I, are. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? If you're going to get those alerts on your Triple Team <laughs> Traffic Alerts app and on the phone, and you're listening to us, that you do think about different ways. And we're going to give you options immediately if something major is shut down. We're going to give you multiple options. Usually, we Mark called it... Uh, Ashley alternates when uh, she she would cook up some Ashley oh, yeah, alternates, sure. you know. So I I do yeah. the same. So we uh we we put ourselves and we put our heads together. I had to get folks around a structure fire between Austell and Mableton this morning on Highway 78 because it was shut down with a structure fire. And you start looking and you expand your view. You can do that in your own head, but lean on us as well because we're going to figure out ways to get you around it so you don't get stuck in those backups. Oh right, that that's a great point. D- don't just go only at the behest of your GPS, especially if you're a native, right? When you're in another city, it's tough because you may not know the traffic source to trust there. You you may not have a back pocket of alternates if you're driving through Jacksonville or something, right? But if if you're in Atlanta, and it's especially the route that you're used to going on, be thinking about, okay, if 85 shut down here, where do I go? And and, and where you are on 85, it depends, right? So just be, be thinking about that and drive on the offense, essentially. So be a defensive driver, but mentally be thinking on offense, be in charge of your ride. And with all these holiday traffic patterns, and this is the only thing we'll really get into about holiday traffic here, where you know that 75 is going to be jacked up at certain times of day and on certain days on both sides of town. Be thinking of, okay, if I have a trip and I'm going to Florida or I'm going to Tennessee or to Central Georgia or wherever, what what am I going to do if 75 is toast? Do I have a peach pass? Are the lanes going to be pointed in my direction? And that's something when Momo and my mom and I recently uh, planned our trip to go to, uh, for on Thanksgiving weekend, we went to Savannah and then Hilton Head. Mm-hmm. On the way home, I knew 75 was going to be screwed. So, all, so as soon as I got on 75, I knew, okay, it's, it's going to stink right here. And, but I never, and I looked at my GPS to see where it was going to tell me if I needed an alternate. And it never quite ever pushed me to 4223. So I never took that. Okay. But I had the, the Peach Pass capability ready. And as soon as we hit those lanes, buddy, ba-bam, as Bob Hattie would say, our pilot. Opened up. It just, yeah, it was great. So we sat in some crap for a while, and then we took the lane. So, but but if I hadn't prepared, I wouldn't have been ready to do that. Yeah. It's key. Preparation is key, getting out there, and... uh, Less distraction as well. Just just have in your head, if you hear us break in with a breaking traffic sounder, or we, we, we bring in the uh, the big guns in terms of leading tops and bottoms of uh, listen to what we're saying, because it certainly could affect your route, and we could save you a ton of time. That's why we're, that's why we're here. We want to we get you around these uh, massive problems that crop up so many times across North Georgia. 24-7, 365, and as I mentioned before, with 
George Clark and me and Zach Grizzle and a few of us on the weekends there. We'll be there for you Christmas also. So just know that. We're here anytime you're out driving. All right, so that, that's our holiday redux right there. Just be on the offense. And know when there are a lot of people that don't know this area around you, accidents, and I mean in general, not just the crash ones, uh, things that people aren't expecting are more likely to happen because there's a change in environment. Now, we did not expect the Braves to make the World Series this year. I'm sorry. I didn't expect, I, even when they made the playoffs, I'm like, cool, this will be cute and I mean, great, and they overcame adversity, and then they kept going, and they kept going, and I even, Momo and I made, made sure we had the opportunity to go to World Series Game 3, and let me mm -hmm. tell you, the traffic leaving those World Series games and NLCS games was absolutely horrible. As decent as the traffic was getting to the ballpark generally, because you had the battery there catching people all day long, the traffic leaving where everybody in the stadium and just about everybody in the battery were all leaving at this. It was absolutely putrid, and the more and the more expensive your parking was, essentially, which ours Stuck. wasn't, and yep. the more interior your parking was to the mm -hmm. property, the worse it got. And so, I, but I didn't think that much about it. I said I was expecting it. Hey. 50,000 people leave the same place at one time. They're not building roads to handle 50,000 people when that only happens a few times a year. Right. So I write an article in the AJC, and uh, it's called Gridlock Guy. You remember it? I, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I know him, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but but, but I, I pretty much wrote how overall I thought the SunTrust slash Truest Park traffic plan over five seasons, and 2020 was a fake season, I know, but was pretty good. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a lot worse. We all and did, I, didn't we? And I got a ton of pushback from people that got stuck in World Series traffic. And I had even been one of them, but I just thought that's what's supposed to happen. You all leave at the same time. It stinks, but that that's not even a failure of a traffic plan, basically. That's just what, there's no way. It's not failure of law enforcement. How many police officers were out there, there, were, there were directing traffic? traffic. So, but I yeah. get pushed back for people saying they didn't feel like as many police that were there, they were doing enough. And there's a lot of foot traffic, too, that was just walking everywhere. But it's hard to control that many people at once. And, and I got feedback from, well, not from the Braves, I'll tell you that. So pretty much Cobb PD and Cobb DOT told me, Hey, valid concerns, but the Braves handled the management of the parking deck traffic because people were stuck for an hour and a half just waiting in line, idling in a parking deck. And the Braves never got back to me. But one thing that Cobb officials essentially said, you know, unofficially, but they basically said is we, we did not anticipate that many people coming to the battery. Yeah, there they, you go. They just they just said we yeah. they, they they they'll learn for next time and they are going to do better for next time. But they're and then I talked to a traffic engineer at Georgia Tech to say, okay, hey, my man, I was like, I've I've been to Braves games and and it stunk getting out those really marquee. You know, I went to NLCS game too. I went to uh I, I went to the Twenty One Pilots concert at State Farm Arena. I went to the Kings of Leon concert at Lakewood Avenue at Lakewood Arena or at uh, Solaris Amphitheater. I mean, okay. It sucked so bad getting out of the parking decks. Is there anything traffic-wise that City of Atlanta, and I just mean as a metro area, or people do wrong that doesn't mitigate this traffic getting out of the decks? And his response was pretty much, no. <laughs> he goes, people just need to realize that if you all go in the same place, I mean, this is what the engineer said now. This isn't what just Grillock guy said. And he goes, no, there's really not a whole lot you can do. In fact, Truist Park did a great thing about building the battery to mitigate some of that. You know, okay. and, and so that was, and so I went through all that to go, and I rewrote the column. I, I published it again, or I published a follow-up, saying, "Let me just talk about the World Series, what went right and wrong, and what we should expect," and included those comments. So that that's sort of my take from the World Series as far as traffic on the ground during those games. Yes, but Colin. was it was what about going to those games, getting in there, getting in there on time? I think that's the most important thing. You want to get there, you want to yeah. get there in your seat before first pitch. Was what about the flow yeah. going in? I think yeah. that in a lot of ways is more important than to figure out that everybody's leaving at the I mean it's kind of like you know, it's like if everybody's leaving at the same time, this is going to happen. Right. I I've been stuck in I, those decks out there yeah. on not a you know, Yankees game. Most, most people don't complain about getting there on time. They, they, I think they had a much better time getting there on time. I think that's Truist more important. Than Turner Field. You're absolutely right. Yeah. The one part that is that is tough about the Braves games, and I've said this from the beginning and I still maintain, parking is difficult. And what we've started running into, parking is difficult, but what we started running into uh, with so many extra people coming to the battery is a scarcity of parking. Sure. There is enough parking to handle people going into the stadium. But then if I want to go and hang out at Yard House and stand in a three-hour line to get one drink to watch the Braves game, mm -hmm. 
that that's where you run into problems. And I think that's something that they're going to need to start getting creative with some of the other businesses in the area and figuring out how can you have a reliable parking space that you're not going to get towed with some of the available lots at, you know, there's a big Target uh, shopping center up the road. They're, that's where they need to get creative. Shuttle and, buses. And frankly, that's on yeah. the Braves. Yeah. That's not on Cobb County, you know, for, for many different reasons. So some stuff to consider there about the games themselves. Smile and I have each weighed in, but I have something now that while I can weigh in on it, I know someone that was in a helicopter during a <laughs> World Series parade that I would love to hear talk about the, the, the whole trek from Midtown into Cobb County. While I was getting to, and one of the biggest blasts I've had on the air, I was getting to host that three-hour yeah. party with Eric Erickson and Dave Baker and then bring in all the elements, including you, during that uh, momentous Atlanta sports moment, you got to fly above the proceedings that started late morning in Midtown and then went up to mid-afternoon in Cobb County. What was that like uh, overall and then, of course, from the traffic perspective? Couldn't have, been, couldn't have been a better day to fly, and that meant a lot of aircraft around us. Oh, That yes. reminded me of when they imploded the Georgia Dome and how many aircraft were in the air. So there's that aspect that you don't hear from our voices, that I'm basically a co-pilot for our pilot to spot other aircraft, there's a lot of folks in the airspace, and we all look out for each other. As as those of us who are reporting keep our eyes on the ground, and the pilots keep our eyes on uh, the other aircraft that are around us. And uh, that move up from uh, Little Five Points up Peachtree, we noticed the speed of those buses and the uh, floats, and everybody associated was going pretty quickly in terms of heading toward Midtown and then staging to make that ride up 75 and then rejoin the second half of the parade in Cobb County near Truist Park along Cobb Parkway. Um, the fans just everywhere you could see up and down the streets. Um, it was it was quite a scene. and It really took me, I, I, I thought it was hilarious that on a chilly day, they got the open top buses and they're going up 75 probably at 60 miles an hour. And what also got me was the fact the bridges were filled with fans waving as they were coming up 75. Yeah. I just thought every available space along that route, people knew where to go to see, at least get a glimpse of their heroes. That, that was what was cool. Atlanta really responded. Mm -hmm. We still, I haven't gotten a definitive answer. And I mean, I wasn't the one digging on it, but just from the things I've heard about why the parade went so quickly through the streets of Midtown, I knew some people that went to it that were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I waited out here all the time for that. But whatever was not paid for in Midtown, the fans sure got a load of on 75, seeing them go by, and especially as that parade crept closer and closer up Cobb Parkway and then eventually sinewing into the battery, where then it just slowed to crawl. In fact, Tyler Magic almost got arrested by, by a yes. Marietta police officer, who, by the way, is one of Mike Shields' old buddies. We won't get into that. And uh, <laughs> But he almost got arrested because they're trying to keep fans off the path, and, and Magic didn't have his credentials. Uh, whatever. You know, he jumped, he, he, he he jumped off, the bus. off the bus. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey. But what a great uh, momentous uh, celebration. And I'm so glad that not only you, Smiley, got to be a part of it, but longtime Braves fans, you know, Brett Barnhill, yeah. our skycopter photographer, Bob Howdy, our pilot, also got to see it, and for one of the most unique ways possible. Yeah, and, and to be up there and to uh, see it from afar and and to be up there as long as we were, it was uh, it was quite a scene. Memorable for sure, because I've been on the ground for him, and uh, that was the first time that we've had that perspective and able to, hopefully the excitement that we brought in our voices were able to transcend on the air. Well, I think it certainly was. And, and that was a really tough thing to cover because the traffic impact was tremendous, and it was for a long time, and even after you mm -hmm. landed... And before we prepared for our PM flight, it, it, traffic was just skunked all through there, and it stayed that way even long after they opened 75. That whole region around 75 and 285 Truist Park was just just an absolute piece of crap. And then and then there was other big traffic stuff happening that day too. But it was like a holiday in Atlanta uh, until like middle of Friday PM drive. Yeah. That was a holiday day, and we're so thankful that it all worked out. So go Braves, World Series champs! I've worn my hat every day since then. I was just gonna. It, do you do you sleep in the hat? We don't see your hair anymore. We don't know what no, your hairstyle is no, like anymore. No, I, I'm gonna let. I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna roll with hat hair for the rest. I haven't decided. So I was wearing the pearls every day until they signed Freeman. Okay. Because I had the I had the Jot Peterson pearls, and then I had the Hawaiian lei that I was wearing in addition to that before I got the pearls. And uh, I've, I've tabled those because the players are locked out right now. They are. That's right. That's right. They're not going to sign Freeman tomorrow. No. No. The no. players are locked out. So once the lockout's okay. over and negotiations re-engage, okay. the pearls come back on. And please bring You as a baseball fan, you optimistic about two things that will get the players and the owners back on the same page soon. And will they re-sign 
Freddie? I have I have no more insight than anybody else. So I really don't know. To, I mean, I logically the season needs to, regardless of what happened with the Braves, season needs to happen. Come on, baseball, don't make the mistake you made in 1994. No. Honestly, don't make the mistake you made in two, 2020. What in the world? I mean, that could have been an actual half season, and instead mm-hmm. it was only 60 games because players and owners were in loggerheads. Uh, but it seems like they're far apart. And, I, and and as far as the Freeman negotiations, no one's really saying anything to know how close or far right. the two sides are. I've, I think the the stuff I read, which is really well-known reported, are saying the feeling in the industry is, right? You know that you know yeah. that phrase. The feeling in the industry is that Freeman's coming back to the Braves. But it's the Braves <laughs> made a tremendous mistake by not signing him when his cost was a little bit lower. Yeah. <laughs> but... Hey, get, pay the man. That's what I say. It's yeah. easy for me to talk as Dave Baker chided before off the air uh, when we were talking about this scenario. He goes, yeah, it's easy to spend other people's money, isn't it? There you go. To, yep. As far as I'm concerned, Freeman should make $50 million a year. That's, I don't care. That's what fans do, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And I, yeah. and I want to say, NASCAR-wise, I really, I mean, yeah, I'm a fan of the sport, but I'm a reporter. Braves-wise, I mean, I'll report on the traffic. And I want to go, and, and when I've gotten to host these shows, I'm hosting it as an enthusiastic fan who wants to keep it between yeah. the ditches and will report things objectively, but, like, I'm a fan. Right. So I was fanboying for three hours while you were in the Sky God there, and, wow. and that was fun. And I'll, I'll never... But the whole region was, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It, it was great. Yeah. It was great. I, I am so thankful to God that I had that opportunity to fanboy on there. I celebrated the win on the air. That was yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll never can say I didn't do that. That was so much fun. And kudos to the folks that run our place to oh, realize yeah. that this is not just a sports story. This is a community. This is a region story that brings us all together at a time than we need it to be. We we need it to be together after what we've all gone through. I, I'm telling you, it, it, I think traffic is a unity ticket, although mm-hmm. it makes us mad. We can, we can all agree that we hate sitting in slow traffic. I think most Atlantans can agree that a Braves World Championship was good. Mets fans, uh, Mets friends uh, that I have that like the Mets, uh, not necessarily happy for the Braves, but happy for the fact that friends of theirs were able to celebrate. So that's that's why I was able to break down with really some Mets fans. They did not want to see the Braves win, but at least the ones that I dealt with are happy for folks that we interact with on a daily basis. Yeah, and I can just say, as a member of a uh, uh, fan of a member of the NL East, I am not happy when the Mets win. But yeah. if but if they're playing the right team in the World Series, I'll root for them. There you go. So, you know, it just depends. So cool. There you go. There's the uh, the sports pod or whatever this is called. <laughs> now, by the way, great group. Let me just say, great group of podcasts on WSRadio.com that are not just your frontline shows. Whether it's the Power Pod and the Sports Pod, you got this one. I, I hosted the Racing One Five to Go Racing podcast with. Eric Von Hessler and Dan Elliott as well. And, and there's other ones too, you know, the, the, our shows. If you need some listening stuff during the holidays, if your show you like to listen to is in rerun, so to speak, that there, there are opportunities just within our small cadre of things to listen to. So check them out at WSBRadio.com. Now, a couple more traffic items here, and I'll keep this just real between the ditches once again. Uh, last Thursday, I believe it was, I flew over a terrible crash, and this happens about once a month here. I-85 South before Highway 74, Sonoy Road. That's exit 61, the Fairburn area, southwest metro Atlanta. And, pretty, and, of course, it was hard to put together who hit what and who now. But basically, the interstate was completely shut down to bring a helicopter ambulance mm-hmm. in. There were two or three sedans, one in particular absolutely destroyed, and a tractor trailer that appeared to be part of it that was also on the shoulder. And what we came to find out later, after I'd, we'd flown over it for two hours, was that the tractor trailer had barreled into those cars while they were stopped and lined up to exit off at Highway 74. Yeah. That is a classic ramp that at certain random times, especially in the afternoons, backs up onto the interstate. Sometimes it's sunshine-related. Sometimes there's just a lot of people that live in Peachtree City, Fairburn, that are lined up there. And if you are not paying attention, it is easy to get caught up in trouble. And like I said, smiling about, I feel like it's about once a month or so, we'll have a marquee, just terrible wreck in about that spot, usually for that reason. And in so many spots around the metro, and we are somewhat removed from it being above it in the helicopter, being in the skycopter, and looking down on it. But we realize if we're on Metro Atlanta's roadways and the highways, we're all susceptible. So we can do our part by not being distracted. We can do our part by doing what we can do. But when you look in the rearview mirror at that last second and see a tractor trailer, I guess you have to say a prayer because any of us can be in those spots, and so many families are affected. Uh, it's 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 heartbreaking sometimes, especially when we're over, and we see our share 
not as many as uh, first responders, police and fire who are down there every day, but we see our share of tragedy on the on the roadways. And we just have to think, you know, you're not in that situation or anybody, you know, is in that situation because we're all we're all in the same boat. We all drive vehicles. Yeah, Uh, yeah, we're all we're all sacks of water. Yeah, right. We're all sacks of water driving cages of steel. If you get hit hit the wrong time, wrong place by another cage of steel. So just be be on the defensive here, like the offensively minded, but defensive driving. Keep, keep your eyes on your road, your hands on the wheel, and just adjust to conditions around you. And try try to remember that you are the one driving the car. It's not traffic driving you. And even then, you cannot control all outcomes. But when it all is said and done, you can say you did everything you could. And, and it is tough out here on these roads. While that was going on, there were innocent bystanders. Well, anybody that's caught in a jam is an innocent bystander in a way. But there were innocent bystanders caught up in a massive police chase that came out of Coweta County. So we're flying over 85 in Fairburn. Uh, John Sibley, who is our fill-in photographer in a helicopter and is real connected with law enforcement, a hero unit, starts hearing chatter about a police chase going on. Hmm. And, and, and we and then he pans the camera up because we weren't live on TV then and, and does what's called long eye, long eye the camera. And he long eyes it all the way up from we're down near 74 all the way up past Flat Shoals on 85 North. It's a straight shot. And right there you see a few police cars collected in the left lanes, but it's inside the Hartsfield-Jackson airspace. Right. And I'm like, and, and part this is total bias on my part, but I'm like, oh, just, I don't want to, no. <laughs> just I got enough to talk about. Yeah. I'm going to talk about this crash every report. I don't need another one. And then and he goes, well, I'm hearing this might be a police chase. And then we, we hear some more and we co- confirm some things. And then we decide to pull off of this 85 and go up to the 185 north at Flat Shoals. So you're southbound at 74. Mm-hmm. Then we go about five miles north and 85 north between Flat Shoals and 285. What's well, a few police cars and an SUV that has turned over and then back on its wheels with the doors open. So the guys got out and tried to run. It's been very obviously a police chase that's ended, and it hit a couple of other cars and the whole bit, and they shut down not the whole freeway, but most of the interstate there. So we had a red alert going southbound, Mm -hmm. and then a police chase that ended in what we call a travel advisory because one or two right lanes stayed open the whole time. And so it's both sides of 85, and when it's that bad, you have to talk about it almost every report because you can't leave that off the table. So what an afternoon, and we got to hover in Hartsfield's airspace, Hartsfield-Jackson's airspace, for about 45 minutes, which is not common for us so that was quite quite the sight on thursday afternoon and i pray for anybody involved that was either injured or unfortunately one killed in the southbound fairburn crash so right. pray for anybody involved in that but we're glad that it, it wasn't worse although it's hard to imagine it being much worse. and police chases are a very controversial uh, situation um with the crime rate in the city of atlanta i'm wondering if the new mayor and the police chief, whether it's new or the existing one, uh, come together and to think about how do we uh, how do we start to get a handle on this crime? You know, because under the Bottoms administration, they basically uh, stopped all police chases by the city of Atlanta. Yeah. Georgia State Patrol still authorized. So you may be caught up, and you may see some blue lights of Georgia State Patrol chasing yeah. through the city uh, of Atlanta's city limits. And and state and state patrol can not just chase on the interstates; they can chase wherever they want. It's a different jurisdiction. They're statewide Department of Public Safety. They are not under the auspices of Atlanta or Fulton County. So they certainly can. And I got to say, between Coweta County and the Georgia State Patrol, they had about 20 squad cars on the ground at that police chase at the height of it. It all stopped. I don't know how many were involved at the beginning. I'm sure it was quite late. You know how that goes. There's like two people chasing them in the end. There's 20 of them there. But uh, but I believe they did catch the people involved in that. And the 85 at South Fulton southbound stayed stayed closed until I think like 9 or 10 at night. The crash happened around 3.30, but the coroner had to come from Rome. Oh, my. And that's another thing that we also <laughs> get pushback uh, about. Uh, how this, yes. many times and how long do you have to keep an interstate shut down? I've never gotten the answer for it, but it's it. I can't ever predict. I'm sometimes sometimes I'm asked by hosts as to when do you think things will start to open, and it's just one of those things they they take on a an investigation of their own. There's a lot of work that uh, law enforcement needs to do to wrap things up to make sure they have all of their information before they are able to open those lanes. And, of course, they yeah. want to keep the lanes closed to protect those who are working as well. And protect those those who are working. And you know, the families that lose people in this or people that get a big neck injury and have a lawsuit, whatever it is, they have to have justice. And I, I still debate, if, you know, if the if the crash of the debris were not in the left lane, can we not figure out a way to open the left lane up? But it, it, every situation is a little bit different. Right. And some cities and some counties work faster 
and with more traffic minded than others. And I gotta say, uh, some as much kudos as are involved to the people that are involved in this, they had a bad traffic plan in the backup on 85 South. They were forcing traffic off onto Highway 138 for a long time, and then they just kind of stopped. Hmm. And they never stop traffic and force it onto Flat Shoals. They never stop people on Flat Shoals, exit 66, just five miles north of the crash from getting onto 85. So mm. these people are just do-do-do-do-do, what? Stop. And yeah. I got to say, you know, maybe an hour one of a crash is one thing if you get stuck. When it's hour two or three, I'm sorry, there is no excuse. If you are not checking your ride, not listening to us if you're in the metro Atlanta or North Georgia area on WSB, I mean, there's no excuse. You, there is no way to hide from that information. I and <laughs> so. and I really like, and I've impressed on our teammates, to give them the last chance to avoid. Absolutely. Where if you're rolling into something that you don't know about, of course, overhead signs may not give you that information. We're going to be give, able to give you information. We're able to, in real time, see where the diversions are in place. And even before you get there, we're able to see the exit that you need to get off of to find that alternate, because there's always going to be one. Yeah. Maybe tough on the surface streets in some areas when they get clogged up, but north, south, east and west we have some pretty we have some pretty viable alternates right. to when the interstate is shut down. Yeah, we certainly do. So keep listening in through the holidays. Traffic a lot less predictable here in these last weeks of the year when you don't have the normal work and school patterns and people are in a frenzy and then the out of town element, right? All right, speaking of alternates, last thing. Since what was it? August was it August, late summer or so, July? It was summertime. The for Ch- sure. Cheshire Bridge has been shut down around the Woodland Avenue area, right in the South Fork of Peachtree Creek. And smiling, this is an area you go to quite a bit. Some restaurants you like yeah. to hit. I, I usually do not. I mean, there there is the uh, what is it? Uh, House of Bangkok, uh, Little Bangkok, Little the, Bangkok, the, the, Little yep. Bangkok, a great Thai place. But I live here in Chambly. There's great ones here. So I, you know, uh, there, there's uh, Rhodes Bakery, which is on the WSB side, if you will, of that closure. So I don't have to ever cross that bridge, Harley. But you frequent that area a good bit with the, the Colonnade and a few other places, and you've gotten some insight about yeah. that that the impact on those businesses and what to look forward to yeah. in that area. The businesses are being impacted. I uh, actually. Didn't feel like washing my SUV one day, and I pulled into one of those businesses down there near uh, near a little Bangkok uh, that that does hand washing. And I was actually speaking to the owner. He said that uh, George Estevez must live in the area. Channel Two anchor. He comes in a lot. Uh-huh. I had my Channel Two hat on, and we started talking. And um, he said, "Yeah, his business definitely impacted by that." On the other side of the bridge toward Piedmont, uh, which is a, a, a cluster in its own right with the construction going sure. on and the lane restrictions on Piedmont North and South at Cheshire Bridge. Uh, I know the owner of the Colonnade, and I met the owner of a restaurant named Rocks. They're you know, being hit by the pandemic, first of all. Then it's like one-two punch. Then Cheshire Bridge is shut down. And maybe you have some insight in terms of 85, they said, was built up just like that. Cheshire Bridge was an alternate to 85. I, 85 rose from the ashes, and we were back point. in we were back in business on 85 in miraculous form. This is a long-term bridge replace, uh, replacing uh, project there on Cheshire Bridge Road, and the business owners are wondering, why is it taking so long? I, well, no, I don't have much insight okay. that, that, know that you, you don't have, anybody. which is 85 carries... Hundred something thousand right. cars a day. Right? Is it the fact that is it federal versus state? I, I I was trying to figure out. You know, a lot of money was thrown in by the Trump administration, immediately thrown thrown to that project to get 85 back open. I know there was a lot of kudos right there was thrown to the fed- federal government that boom, we got to get this going, and and the G- Georgia Department of Transportation as well with Russell McMurray. They were on it with the contractors. 85 worked. Cheshire Bridge is a different animal. It's, it's not. A, yeah, I don't. Uh, Cheshire yeah. Bridge is not a state route. Yeah. Right, so that that G- Georgia 236, if you will, that's La Vista uh, jumps onto Lindbergh, right? That becomes, you know, it's La Vista and Lindbergh. Cheshire Bridge is not a state route, so it's not going to fall under the state. There are certain non-state routes that fall under the state, but I don't believe Cheshire Bridge does. What's interesting, so look, in the 85 took, I think it was, I always forget, I think it's either 41 or 43 days to go from collapsing at the end of March to being open and rebuilt in the middle of May. Right. Cheshire Bridge had a big fire under that bridge at Peachtree Creek. The, it was big news just a couple of weeks ago, and they said, hey, the bridge has just been completely torn down. That, that, that's where we're at. <laughs> that's the difference. And I don't, and I, so I don't know the peculiar, you know, I'm sure working over a body of water is different, whatever. I really think it just has to do with the reason you don't leave 85 shut down south of 400 for anything longer than you can is because of the sheer 
tens and tens of thousands that are there per day. Cheshire Bridge, you can afford it. It's not a limited access road. There are alternates, yeah. although it does impact the immediate neighborhood. So I, I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's the difference. Yeah. I don't know anything about the engineering differences. And honestly, that's a good question. And maybe something a gridlock yeah. guy column can answer someday, but I haven't gotten to it. So. But the business owners are hurting, and in fact, one of the restaurants, uh, not the Colonnade, they're on limited, uh, they're on limited schedule in terms of when they opened anyway. But right across the way, a locally owned uh, restaurant, uh, Rocks, is going yeah. to close for the winter, and it has to do with a number of factors. The owner tells me, but the fact that there, you know, traffic is down, foot traffic uh, coming on into the restaurant from Cheshire Bridge, which again, as we talked about before we started rolling on this, was if I'm a fan of a certain restaurant, I know I'm going to get there, but. We're so used to working our way around things just because what we do are telling people to do that. Maybe somebody that goes, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deal with going well into the neighborhoods to try and figure out another way yeah. around this. And so look, Lennox Road, the so Lennox, it's weird. So like Cheshire Bridge and Lennox Road are the same road, right? And then and then Lennox Road kind of jumps and becomes its own thing, kind of in the woods, right? Back behind Cheshire Bridge, right? So Lennox Road is an alternate. Piedmont Road's an alternate, but there are construction zones mm. up in Sydney Marcus that we talk about a lot of WSB. Oh and then the one you mentioned, I'd forgotten about, Piedmont and Cheshire Bridge, and then Monroe Drive is kind of an alternate-ish. I mean, they're not direct alternates but they all can channel you around it but here's the deal and and you just meant you said when you said the word foot traffic that's what germinated this thought for me is there are mixed-use developments that kind of anchor both sides of Cheshire Bridge Road like on the La Vista Cheshire Bridge Mm -hmm. side and then on the Piedmont Monroe Drive side and if I lived in one of those places that I bought in that area or I rented in that area, if I did, I would love the idea that I could stroll down Cheshire Bridge and walk right into the colonnade right and like they can't, so alternate routes work for cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'll drive two minutes out of my way. But that's like 10 or 15, 20, 30 minutes on foot. Okay. <laughs> that's where, if they're worried about foot traffic, that's a chunk of their business, I'm sure, is the people that are trying to do the walkable lifestyle. Right. They're not, they're not going to do the evil Knievel over the, <laughs> over the yeah. Peachtree Creek Bridge to do that. And I'm sure there are other communities as well. This is only comes to mind because I'm in this area living in Buckhead. Working and uh, and such in Midtown and uh, but how many other communities are tied by not necessarily events like the Cheshire Bridge going down, but when we get lanes restricted because of construction and oh, the sure. massive backups on these surface streets that occur when everybody's on the road at the same time, morning or afternoon, and the patience because. The, you can look on social media, people venting their social media, sitting there in traffic, trying to get to their apartment complex, trying to just get in and out. You feel for them. And again, we all could be a part of that, too, if they decide to set up a construction in front of our house. Oh, for sure. Hey, I live here in downtown Shambly. Just the, and it wasn't even that bad, but just a little bit of lane constrictions they did on Peachtree to turn Peachtree Road from a four lane to a two lane and make it a more walkable space here. Nobody, I mean, in the grand scheme, that's hardly ever going to make the air on WSB because it affects so few people, yeah. and it's not like this tremendous jam. It's more of just an, a burr in your saddle for the people that right. live here. It means nothing even to someone on Buford Highway, right, down the road. It, it That's all these micro jams. I always like to say you are the biggest expert on your commute. If we mm-hmm. sat down one-on-one with every single person that listened, or even just our main listeners, they could tell us stuff that we would never have noticed in the air. That doesn't mean we're not traffic experts, but you're the expert of your commute. And that means, that just goes back to this theme on this whole show, is act like it. Be the expert of your commute. Plan ahead. You drive. Don't let traffic drive you. There you go. So there it is. I think and, you did a T-shirt or something. Ah, that. yeah. I, that's I, like it. I don't that. know. I want yours that says, G- give me someone that cares or whatever. <laughs> we're know. good. Yeah, that's it. We're good. Yeah, so that's it. So, hey, smile and look. We're into 2021. We're not doing this big who wins the jammies and year right. review on traffic. I, uh, to me, I would have to really sit and think about what those uh, things are, right? But So just any parting shots here before we sail into the holidays and then get ready for the double twos next year? Well, I, I really like the resiliency of where we were a year ago and where we are now, thanks to the vaccines in a lot of ways. If you're a person like I am and fully vaccinated and people getting back out and about, I'm a social person. I missed all of that. Being a social person means you're back out and about. Not a socialist. I just want to be No, clear. social person okay, like to be around some people. Some people, they hear things. Okay, yeah. So when you're no longer, and boy, that was a... That was a sobering time when the roads were virtually empty and no one was out and everybody yeah. was at home doing their what they needed to, what we needed to do, in my opinion, you know, stay away from everybody else till we figure this all out. I'm glad to see us back. Um, a year ago, I traveled to the Dominican this week and then I had to come back Gosh. and get a COVID test before I got back in the skycopter to work uh, during. Oh, yeah. yep. So a year ago, I was able to go through the airport with nobody there, able to go onto a resort 
It's all changed now. So the Ooh. patience that we have to have, my parting shot, is that just be patient. Just be patient as you go around. We're all back in this, and uh, we were in it together for the good of making sure the numbers stay down in terms of the pandemic. But uh, patience needs to be exercised. Uh, don't need to get angry. If and if you get angry now, it could go turn it could turn the wrong way in some parts. Because it just people are on edge. Let's not worry about that. Yeah, the stuff you get angry at really just does more to affect you and not yeah. so much the items or people you're mad at. By the way, throw the whole supply chain in there yes. in the middle of that. And price hikes and all this stuff we can talk about forever. That's not really a traffic thing. Hey, the uh, the biggest thing I want to say is, as I'm really thankful for everybody's generosity, we've shown a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of backbone, like you said, smiling and dealing with this pandemic. And we've also still been able to show a lot of generosity. So whatever, what generosity could be just letting somebody in your lane in traffic, or it could be, you know, opening up and giving a large chunk to Clark's Christmas kids, which some, some did, right? Thank you very much for being generous and just continue to be because loving other people, you know, more than yourself, even, but certainly as much as yourself is what makes this world go round. And if we went if we went through life with just the ideas, I'm not the biggest, best, brightest thing around. I'm part of a community. Let's act like it. I think we would solve a lot of our problems and not just in the traffic world too. So that's my parting shot also. I like smiling. it. Sounds good. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year to you also. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Joyful Kwanzaa. Um, happy Smiling's birthday, December oh, 23rd. Okay, the traffic team's parents were busy in March in whatever <laughs> respective years, right? Because a whole slew of us, including myself, have birthdays this month. So we're, we're thankful for you all. Uh, hit us up on social media, at McKayWSB. That's his Twitter. And find us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, just Doug Turnbull on Twitter, like left turn and male cow. That's how you spell it. Find that on Twitter. <laughs> That's what I tell people when I call about bills or schedule oh. appointments. They're like, turn what? Turn balls. Left turn, male cow. There. Turn bull. Okay? Only no, you. Find, find only say, you. Yeah, I'm the only turn bull. So, uh, no, yes. no, only you would describe it like that. Only you. Okay. Male cow. I need that on a t-shirt. Doug, male cow. No, but uh, find us on social media and, and just hope you have a good and lighthearted time here these holidays. And think about the people in Kentucky and whoever who uh, and wherever that are dealing with adversity here, maybe more than you are. So, for Smiling Mar McKay, Doug Turnbull, and thank you very much for listening to the final WSB Traffic Podcast here in 2020. hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.